0: Going live. Going live. Oh. You are now about to witness the awesome Crushing might of the you Robinson show Stop. Yeah, yeah, the kids sleeping. Welcome, my friends. To a show that seemingly never ends. Round number a one, a five, a zero. Using as welcome to Show Stomper. The show is on snakes, snakes, jakes, birthday cakes, deja vu by Popular Quest and a much, a much, a more. But first, Bob Riley will sing us in like he has since 2007. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. It's from the record Calling of the Just by Stigmata, available. From me, see, I, I lose that. When I lose Huntington Beach, I lose the shot to death of the nightclub and hit your car with a hammer bit, but I guess that's the way until they reorder. Until then, from me, sing it, Bob. But I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. Oh, my way, my friends. Hey, the show that never ends. We made it. I got the clip-on lavalier. Thank you, Georgie B. Um, if if it, uh, I just I'm kind of sweaty and stinky from the kettle kettle balls. I've been working the kettle balls in the driveway and I'm a little tired. And then, of course, I got a new toy. I got an extendo because I got like three miles for the American Express, an extendo hedge trimmer, which is like 12 feet. And I went and did this bush and immediately cut a wire. Fortunately, it was a wire that was dead. I was like, I got to get that out of here. How am I going to get that out of there? Well, the magic of the 12 foot extendo uh, a hedge trimmer took care of that for me so now i got this big potato bush i got to deal with and some other stuff that, that that allows me to dispense with my insane uh uh former french gardener you know and, and let me tell you this is apropos we're gonna get to the commercials in a second but this is apropos the guy was coming he's hired by the lady next door right and at first like he does he's slick right so he's hot so he, we have a bush that abuts the properties that runs between the properties, and so he's he's cutting her side and throwing the stuff over the fence. Now usually in the past this has sent me into like a, a spell of total lunacy, right? Like I just I don't. Why would you do that? And then I go over, uh, I see him, and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, want to tell you what? You know, I'll trim your side too. Yeah, I got the hustle. I'll trim your. Side. I said, How much? He goes, I don't know, sixty bucks that's a good deal. 60 bucks. The guy's older than me, right? But 60 bucks, whatever. So he does it. And at one point she goes, you know, he's not trimming it. He's not trimming it low enough. Maybe you could trim it. She goes, this is how I want it. So I could do it myself. Well, she's like tiny. She's like five foot five. I don't want the bush that low. I don't want to have to walk in and look you in the eye. As I walk in, as I walk out, I got to see your face the whole time. I want the bushes as tall as I am. So I don't have to see you. Anyway, he says, I'll do it. I'll do the whole deal. You won't have to worry about it for a bit. I'll cut it low. And she says, Eugene, would you split the... I go, sure, split it with me. The guy cuts the whole thing. He comes to me and he goes, well, that'll be two grand. I said, Serge, how do we go from $60 to two grand? He goes, well, you know, now he's older than me. I have to assume that he's aged out of the job. But you see, the fuck up was mine. I agreed to the job. Not knowing the price, I agreed to the job. But once the bushes are cut, yeah, no, now the New Yorker in me wants to say, hey, bro, you should have cleared that with me beforehand. But now the, the, now the California kind of, you know, the California hybrid that I now am, I was like, all right. My mother's expression came to my mind, you tore your drawers now. Because you could have been making $60 a week in perpetuity. You could have raised that to $80 a week in perpetuity, but you went for the cash grab, showing me that you aged out of the job, and that was the last nickel you ever make off of me. Hope it lasts forever. And she came and sort of apologized, was trying to give me money for it. I was like, nah, nah. In my mind, I'm saying, I let my New York guard down for a second, and what happens? I get stung for two grand. And of course, where are the bushes? They're back where they were. That's the nature of bushes, right? So every time I see her, I kind of duck because I don't want it. She's not, doesn't really want to talk to me, but I got this, this extendo thing. So now I can do it myself. And it falls on her side. Hey, hey, it's not my responsibility. Commercials. Uh, Pinko95014 um, If you uh, at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal. Um, Mr. E, I don't know that he wants his name mentioned. Mr. E, sends it cash app. <laughs> Mr. E is the only one who sends it cash app and it just cracks me up because every time I gotta remember how to get it out of Cash App and I don't remember. And of course uh, uh Mr. R sends it Venmo and <laughs> of course I don't remember that either. Um or you go to patreon.com slash the Stomper or patreon.com slash Stomperville I can never remember which uh and, and donate money if you want to keep the show going or you could do what the number one presidential level patron does. Tom uh, Tommy LB and just go straight to the source. You got my address. If you don't have my address, then you should have it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um here I want you guys if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, sign up for the newsletter. As soon as I finish this show, I'm going to post the next piece, hit news flash. It's called The Balls of Bill Clinton. And uh, and you'll like it. You may like it. You may not you may not like it. Um but it, it, it let's just see. we got the commercials out of the way. Typical thing is, uh, you can pay me in Bitcoin, GameStop. I'm not taking GameStop, stop. stop. I'll take it to Bitcoin, though. Uh, Or, you know, you could give it to some Turkish gentleman who knows a guy who knows a guy who is friendly with me, and then they got this thing going that I got to get on the ground level. I'm, I'm interviewing some guy, Derek Galanis. He's written a book called the Galanis crime family. His brother Jason had something to do with Tommy Gambino, who was killed out in Staten Island. And I interviewed him the other day, and, and we got to that touchy point in the interview where it's about a piece I've got coming up about Hunter Biden and uh, the Durham Report and all that stuff. And I said, Hey, you know, before you went to prison, the first time you went in for ecstasy manufacture, second time you went in, it was for securities fraud. And I go, Hey, but did, did you know that you what you were doing was illegal? He kind of paused and he was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's a man. That's a man. So, um, so I, I don't know how I got to talk it, talking about it. Oh, uh, about confidence games. So hey, listen, when I was, uh, um, I write, I sort of write tangentially about this in the fight book, but I don't complete the whole story in the fight book. Now they, I joined the swim team. I learned how to swim when I was about nine years old. Uh, at the Y. And I was totally into it, always into water, learned how to swim. And I was on a, I was on the swim team in high school, but I, I was on a swim team before the swim team in high school. And it was a neighborhood swim team. I had to walk over to Lincoln Road and, and Flatbush, meet some guys, and we would go to the pool over at LI. I can't remember the pool. Downstate. We went to the Downstate down where the medical center is, where the G building is, where all the lunatics go. and uh, and uh, And so that's where we used to practice. Now, there's a guy there there was a guy there who, um, for some reason, and this has happened to me on odd occasion, has just elementally taken a disliking to me. You got to understand that I, I, I was a pretty, uh, I was a, a loud mouth, but if I was with people who I didn't know, I mean, much much like now, you know, uh, I'm a introvert with extrovert tendencies, but if I, you know, if you step into a party and you, Somebody would have to tell you Eugene was at the party before you knew I was at the party. Not like my now dead friend, Scotty Vollmer. I have a party at my house. I come in, Scotty Vollmer stands on the kitchen table with a freaking lampshade on his head, doing like he's surfing my kitchen table. I go, Scotty, it's my fucking kitchen table. So I go, oh, sorry, Eugene, and he gets off the table. He was stabbed by a, uh, a skinhead uh, later in the heart and died, super talented guitar player. Anyway, I digress. So you wouldn't know I was in the party, so I was the kind of quiet, good natured kid, you know, I mean, I, I knew one of the guys, I think I knew one of the, the, the coaches, Lance from the bat. He was also a coach on the basketball team, which I played on, which I hated, but I really loved swimming and I was good at, you know, nine, I guess, no, I was 10 or 11. Right. So this would have been a good bridge for me. Who was I was a completely terrible high school swimmer because all the guys I was swimming against had been swimming on teams since they were 10, 11, 12. So it would have been good for me. And so I go, I'm going to a couple of practices. But this guy keeps, he's there and he's messy. He's riding me. And I don't know why. It's not like he knew anything about me. You know, like if my mother had walked me over there, maybe he was like, took a dislike to my mother. Nah, my stepfather, nah. Maybe they drove me in the car. You know, we had a fancy car when I was a kid. Nah, we didn't have. Nothing. Just showed up. The guy took a dislike. His animal brain was working and he was like, this guy's alone. I'm going to start fucking with him. But my mother had done this fantastic thing when she was raising me, which was, I mean, I, I I don't know that she was in purpose or what, but she said she wanted to develop a thick skin so she would make fun of me for the things that were li- I was likeliest to be made fun of. Number one, being my, my massive forehead, right? Um. I say massive just for the sake of comedy. I don't feel particularly that's massive. I don't think about it that often and do not care, and never did. You know, says, oh, you know, you got your big old head. So I, you know, I got early on. I could process humor, which always is a sign of intelligence. I could process humor. Uh, um, it, it, my least like type of person is thin-skinned, humorless people um, who are completely defensive about everything because they're afraid that it'll be revealed that they're totally shit, and nobody's totally shit. You you have to work to be totally shit. Like you have to work to be morbidly obese. So um, this guy he, he 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 just decides that's the guy and starts picking on me. But you know he's actually being kind of funny. He's kind of amusing when he's like, yeah, hey, you know. And but he's his targets. So he's like missing the target. Like he's never getting any place that really bugs me or hurts my feelings. You know. But it's just it's kind of amusing. And I understood it to be. But now because he's thin skinned. He thinks that every time he takes a, a a jab at me, you know that, and I'm laughing. That I'm laughing at him, right? And so we go to practice. And I think maybe at you know this retrospect of all these years past, maybe it's just the fact that that, that he was not that good of a swimmer. And I, I, who knows? Don't know. Don't know. Uh, one day I'm walking. I'm walking um, through the hallway. Uh, we're walking down from the locker room to the pool or some such thing, and he does this thing. For those of you just listening on the radio, I I can't really describe the physical action. Um, I I will try. But he does this thing where he he draws his hand back like he's about to hit me, right? And, of course, at this point, I was already taking karate. I was already boxing at the boys' club. And I think one of our coaches said, look, you're going to be taking this martial art. Your friends are going to know that you're taking this martial art. They're going to try you. My advice to you is that you take every one of these attempts to try you seriously and respond like you would if it was real. Now, I remember this, um, uh, uh, yeah. I remember there was this cat, who uh, Tommy Smallwood in Maryland, who was always getting into fights with me and losing, and he would always preface it with, I got to tell you, I know karate. I I never wanted to be that guy, so I never told anybody. That I was taking karate, but this guy, so he he draws his hand back like he's gonna hit me. And I responded and I punched him really hard. Well, you know, I was never quite sure how hard, because karate is fake karate, you know, you punch in the air, you don't know. And, uh, but I ended up punching him. Yeah, I think it was on his arm. He was like, ah, it hurts. And I thought he was joking. I thought he was joking about how much it hurt. Keep in mind, I'd already started lifting weights, I was nine years old, I had a pretty face people would still mistake me for a girl at the age of 10 or 11 or 12 even, or 13 even, you know, but, which never bothered me. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't like so much when my grandmother got me that shirt of, of a goose flying in the air. And it said, she had emblazoned that, hi, I'm Jean fly me. It's like, you know, I grandma, what? I don't want to wear that. I knew it was vaguely sexual and weird. I, My grandmother was kind of strange sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I had to wear it a couple times to make her feel happy. But I didn't didn't ride me. What the hell was that supposed to mean? So, so I hit this guy, and he's "Ah," and he's complaining about his arm and his arm. I'm like, I can't figure out what the sympathy plays. I just ignore it. So next week, next practice comes up. I leave the house. I go walk the four blocks over to Lincoln Road, and uh, show up. And he's there, and he's like, Oh, they didn't call you. And I said, What? He goes, Nah, team is dead, man. You know, there's something labs couldn't pay the fees and, and we're done. And I said, oh, OK. And I turned around and went home. My mother said, what happened? I go, oh, The team is dead. The guy didn't pay the fees. You know, it took about, I was about 11 or 12. It took about 25 years. And I was just sitting around one day, 25 years, and it popped into my head. I go, the team wasn't dead. He just said that because he wanted me to stop going the guy the guy snaked me and it took me 27 years to like figure that out 27 why because I'm a base root a trusting guy I'm the most paranoid trusting guy you ever know second point and this this as usual this will conclude you'll figure out why we're talking about this by the end second point I own a record store some of you have been in there cfy house of faith house of faith was a recording studio so named because it started in the house where we lived run by this guy bart thurber he had a recording studio rehearsal studio on and in the center i had the only record tape t-shirt video gun store tattoo parlor in the world as far as i know right as far as i know uh, the Cholo, the the, the the ex-con who used to cut my, still he still cuts my hair. I've been cutting my hair lately, so you can see, <laughs> you know, you can see, I, I need Cholo, but but whatever. Uh, so, um, he's doing tattoos on the, on the couches out front, and what I don't realize, I've never had allergies before, so I find these couches in the dump, I move them into my store, and at one point, I, I pass out on the, on, the, on the couch face down. And I'm sick for like two weeks. I can't figure out. I don't know I don't know shit about allergies. never heard anything about allergies. you know uh, n- never no, no, no not related to to, to James De. Uh, don't know anything about allergies. So finally, I start to kind of figure out allergies and I start to take some kind of antihistamine. I don't know about antihistamine. It makes you really, really fucking tired. So there's this kid hanging out in the store, and I I understood men's social clubs a lot better, like you know the Rat, Raven Knight social club, all the mafioso social clubs. You know, People would come by just to hang out. And maybe they'd buy a few things, but we'd have a hang. I'd work there on the weekends. I had this girl, Mona, who worked there for me during the week. And then she when she was there, I had great business. When this guy Paul was there, ruined my business, ran it into the ground. Don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that's where I met Mr. Johnny G. I met Johnny G there. He walked into the store, so it, it really existed. So I'm I'm on the couch. I'm taking antihistamines, and I'm talking to this cat. And he's like an M M&M and M cat, right? He's he's like a foster kid cat. He's just you know you, you see he's just kind of like a, a white trash kid, right? But whatever. He comes in the store. He and his girlfriend. Every now and then I've talked to them, and uh, and so I'm sitting on the couch. Um, <laughs> Matt, Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's another story for another time. Maddie Love from Hickey. I. Have, was it me who slapped him around? Did he tell you I slapped him around? Because I think I just threatened to slap him around. I didn't actually slap him around. Anyway, um, and that 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 lasted like an hour and a half, that scene with him. Which that was epic, epic in and of itself. Anyway, I'm sitting on the couch, talking to this cat, and uh, and I've taken these antihistamines during the day, you know, and that's why, they, there's a reason they call it NyQuil PM, right? Because you're supposed to take it at night, but I'm sitting there, and I'm nodding. I'm like, I'm sit viciousing my whole way through this thing. And I'm talking to the guys, yeah. And at one point, our rhythm got off. And I opened my eyes right as dude is sticking stuff in his bag. Now, I know I'm sleepy, but I'm not, you know, in, in that hypnagogic state. You know, between sleep and awake. You might have strange dreams, but I know what I saw. And at that point, now, boom, adrenaline going. Now I'm tuned in. But I'm having this left, you know, left shoulder, right shoulder debate. I'm like, this guy has gotta know I saw him. He's not, he's not gonna steal from me. I can't, he comes in here every weekend. We talk all the time. He's not gonna. Rob me? Is is he gonna rob me? So we're talking, and I'm looking at his bag. And at some point, I get up and I'm walking around the store, and I grab his bag just to see what he'll do. I grab his guy, I say, hey, "Man, this is a nice bag. You know, it's pretty good. It's pretty strong. Where'd you where you get this bag?" And I was almost gonna turn it upside down, and stuff fall out, but I really want to see. And he's like, oh, and he's talking about the bag. And I'm looking at him as I'm talking about the bag. And I'm harrowing his soul with my eyes. Nothing, not a flinch. And I give him the bag. And I'm looking at him. I go, here's your bag. And the guy says, yeah, well, I guess I got to run. And the way the store was set up, it was at the, the terminus of a long street called Urban Lane. And you could right out to El Camino and in oh, straight to Urban Lane. And I go, Oh, and he grabs his bag, goes, All right man, see you later. I go, see you later. And you know, and the devil is going, That motherfucker, he's not he's not he's not and the angel's like, Man, you got you gotta. Why don't you trust people? You gotta trust people. You just and I'm watching I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I go, He's gonna he's gonna fucking he's gonna, you know, he's gonna and he gets down to the end and he stops and I go, here he comes, he's gonna And he gets down to the end, and he just turns on the El Camino. And I go, mother fuck. I said, all right, you know what? When he comes in again, I'm going to confront his ass. And I'm going to shake him down for whatever's in there. Never came in again. Never saw that guy again in my life. Third piece to round out the Troika. In the early days of mixed martial arts, I'm doing Fight Club, having MMA matches in some basement in the Tenderloin. This guy who made the doc Christian Anthony, who made the documentary about Oxbow, the first documentary, three documentaries about Oxbow, he made the first one called um, called the uh, Music for Adults. He says, hey, man, I hear you've been going to this underground Fight Club thing. I go, oh, I can't talk about Fight Club. And, and he knew one of the guys I was hanging out with it with, and he said, yeah, you know, Sa- Sal, who's Maybe uh, five foot four, you know. And he goes, Sal, he's he's going to the fight club with you, right? And I was like, yeah, he goes to the fight club with me. And he's like, you know, I work with a guy at uh, who's, a, you know, who's a black belt in karate. And he's like, how do you think he would do? I said, I think he'd get smoked. And he goes, well, yeah, by you because you're big. I go, he'd be smoked by anybody. I go, well, he says, what about you, Sal? I go, Sal would take it any day. Did you put some money on it? And he goes, I'll bet you $80 that Sal can't beat Brian. I go, let me talk to Sal. I go, hey, Sal, this guy says $80 he can beat you. So let's fucking have him show up. So the way we used to do the fight club, you had to call a phone number. Then you had to go to another thing. Then they bounce you upstairs where they just make sure you're okay. Then you sign your release. And then you get to go ride the, the service freight elevator down to the basement. And you have your fights. Guy does all that stuff, shows up gets down to the basement blue floor you know wires for 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 the, like heavy duty fence for uh, for uh for for ring ropes and they get in to the ring guy stretching you know you know doing his blocks i love karate i took karate for fucking what 12 years kempo uh, we ring the bell rings match starts Sal shoots on him, double legs him, mounts him, punches him, and then and then arm or, uh, punches him. The guy turns to his belly, then he he chokes him. It's, Whoa, man, that was intense! They're like, yeah, you know, and some other fights are going on, and those guys are talking, and uh, they're like, man, that was hey, okay, well, you got you got me on that one. So well, hey, we're we're go- we're gonna run. I'm like, you're gonna run where? So, yeah, well, we, we got some other stuff to do. I go, great. You forgetting something? Well, what? I go, $80. He's like, oh, and I go stand between them and the door, you know, and I say, we're here because of the $80. He's like, oh, man, come on. I go, if I have to shake you by your ankles and turn you upside down, there's going to be an exchange of cash tonight. Unless you haven't figured this out, I take money very seriously. And the guy was like, well, uh, I said, or I could take stuff of equal value that you have on your person. And the whole room is quiet now because there's a whole room full of fighters who know the deal. Don't fucking come in here like that. So those guys scratch together like $50 and they go, "Can is this enough? I go, yeah. Yeah. And you owe us thirty. I mean, the guy's a friend, so I and I know where he lives. And I know, you know, and so they pay the thirty. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?" Now, keep in mind, keep in mind that m- money as an abstraction. You, you know, we we created money because it's like, man, I, that guy's got a bunch of corn. I really, God, god uh, and I just sheared this sheep. Hey, hey, hey! How about you take some of this wool and give me two pieces of that corn? And like the system was crazy. After after a while, people were like going nuts. They couldn't figure. So they said, we're gonna we're gonna create an objective, a semi-objective standard. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still an abstraction. But it's an abstraction that means everything because it's not the actual value. But it's what it says about the ones who establish no, it's not the actual value, but it's what it says about the ones who hold the value. Now I've said before, I don't give a shit about those, you know, fuzzy words that get people to die. Honor, you know, you know, duty. These these words are fuzzy and people die over this shit. And at one point, Bart Thurber, the one who ran the studio with me, said at one, at one point, he said, Eugene, you know, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, somebody said something about you. I, I didn't know because, uh, you know, you could in my mind, like, you could do just about anything. I go, that makes me really sad. I might need a character witness at some point. And so you just told me that you will. Not, anybody who knows me knows that there's certain things I, w- I, I would do and then certain things I would never do. You leave your wallet on the table, I don't care how much money is in it, you're a friend of mine, that wallet's safe. I have a weakness, that's not my weakness. If you're going to show up like some famous celebrity did one time and say, hey, Yuji, uh, I got to leave early, could you keep an eye on my girlfriend? That's a mistake. That's a mistake. I. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, a friend of mine said to me, uh, Eugene, uh, uh, you know, you're lying. And I go, I only lie to you when I know that you know I'm lying to you. Like he said to me, did you have sex with so-and-so? And I looked at him and go, nope. He goes, you're fucking lying. I go, yeah, I'm lying to you because I know that you know I'm lying. <laughs> if you didn't know I was lying, what, what benefit is there to me in tricking you? Well, how does that, how's that make me feel better? It doesn't. So, so, I give you many chances to not take a bet. I give you many chances to to work around a bet. I give you many chances to make a gentleman's bet and you post up on $1,000. And you goddamn well know if it had gone the other way, you would have taken that money if I paid it. So, uh, so you know, I understand people have this kind of personality disorder. He's like, ah, oh, you're surrounded by psychophants. and yeah, I don't have to have people agree with me. I don't have to have people agree with me at all. The amount of trust I extend to you is not on the basis of 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 of, of agreement. It's on the basis of me knowing that you're a stand-up guy. I wouldn't have bet what I couldn't afford to lose, and if I lost, I would have paid. And if you take that money and you don't give that money, when you lose, you're a fucking thief, a gonerth. And as far as I'm concerned, these are people, these people are fucking animals. Like I said, what I respect more, go back to mean streets. It says like everybody in this fucking neighborhood knows not to lend me money, except for you, you piece of shit, Robert De Niro's line. That I respect. That I respect. But the, the defensive... The defensive excuse-making, fault-finding, malignant grumbling—you know—and this and my friends in D.C. and this and this this mystery cool, this QAnon shit. Fuck that. The bet was simple, and it was simply understood. Simply understood. And the thing is, anybody. Anybody who has an actual personal association with me knows one thing. You leave your association with me richer than when you left. I'm not at liberty to disclose. But somebody who is known to us collectively came in. I got him a true story and Ozzy paid him for the true story. They got a TV show out of that true story that's coming up on A&E. I asked for payment in return? No. What? I'm facilitating. I'm an impresario. I can't, I'm not going to talk about now until a show comes out. And you'll see. A TV show. A TV show. It went story on Facebook me contacting my friend, getting a published, getting paid for the piece and now a TV show on A Some of you have told me true stories. you saw you get the 250 bump, whatever Say Maddie W Tunzi, Kevin G Tunzi. You. you benefit because I would expect it in return. In my mind, East Coast-style patronage, it's the only way the world goes. Call it transactional in the case of Trump, whatever. It's the only way the world goes around. It's not what the money represents. It's what the people who imbue it with value represent. Grifters, graftmeisters need not apply. So Sicilian style, you got to know. I would go out of my way to help anybody, to do a good turn for somebody who I believe is a stand-up guy. On the flip side, Sicilian style, if you're not a stand-up guy, as long as I draw a breath, if I have an opportunity to fuck you over, I'm going to fuck you over you got to know that to be the case some of you who are in this in the show have we we've had kind of been at loggerheads and we worked it out over the course of time how by renewing the patronage system that works i let by guys be by guys somebody shows up and does the right thing like ray who used to work at my gym Eugene, I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're Chinese, you're Japanese, you're tall, you're short. I ripped I ripped Ray off, Ray's whole shtick off. I ripped off for a long, slow screw. One of the characters in the book does that. I don't care. I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're Chinese, you're Japanese, you're tall, you're short, you're fat, you're skinny. Eugene, all I'm telling you is do the right thing. That's it. Do the right thing. Simple enough. Simple enough. Like some people said, ah, oh, you know, you should beat the beat, you know what? You know, you know what? Like the what I was saying last week, you know, beating, that's like a, a Sylvester Stallone movie kind of kind of idea. There's a lot worse things you can do to people than beating them. The number one thing is the denial of opportunity. Hey, you know, the team, we got canceled. Lance didn't pay the fee. He didn't hit me back. <laughs> he robbed me out of two or three years of what I really liked to do. <laughs> it was genius. <laughs> and I was such a trusting kid. I was like, ah, I, didn't, I didn't talk to Lance again and say, hey, man, is the, the – is the, team canceled so and so told me it was canceled i didn't show up again I stopped, didn't show up again it's like the line from the untouchables who would say so that it weren't true that guy that guy or like another friend of mine he gets on a city council he gets in a city council specifically to enact an act of revenge against one of the guys in the council. And he whatever that guy wants, if that guy wants a street sign painted yellow, he wants it painted orange. If the guy wants a street sign on one block, he'll fight. He fought this guy for seven years and three months. The guy couldn't take it anymore, finally quit. The day after, my friend quit. How good was he? He was so good, he got a mayor's award. But when the guy who he wanted it, it revenge himself upon quit, he quit. Act, the curtain down, exunt. I mean, I used to say when I was growing up, yeah, I would rather get beat. I wasn't beat. I mean, I was hit a couple of times, so I wasn't beat. And my mother would follow me from room to room to room, you know, and it was like, she was gonna have her say, And, you know, like into the second hour, I was like, oh, boy, Moy, please, just let me me die in peace. (laughs) There are a lot worse things than getting hit. A lot. A lot. But you know what? Wish me luck, Shamus. I got a raw deal. Your kind always does. Deja vu. Now, you've heard me talk about Einstein, Podolevsky, and Rosen. It's a theorem. It, it, um, and Einstein kind of makes uh, mention of it where a phrase, that gets lifted a lot that people take spooky action at a distance. They've taken, they've taken, they've done ex- an experiment where they have taken one like atom or electron bundle and split it in two and then done something to one separated by no, you know, separated so no extant connection between these two electron bundles that are from the same source and act a change on, on sorry enact a change on one and it magically happens on the other one spooky action at a distance and this is used to justify uh, to justify uh, 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 things like uh, thought transmission precognitive thought you know um, uh, esp you know and the russians took this stuff super seriously uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. You know, I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back a little bit before I get into Einstein, Polevsky Rosen. Um. I'm trying to think of the last time I beat somebody, and the last time I beat somebody was in Belgium, and the guy was being a disruptive asshole at a show. But his disruptive assholishness seemed to take on a distinctly sexual bent when he only started screaming at a song. Kasha came out and sang uh, a, a song, and he really poured it on with her. And when I came out afterward, I was tuned up. She, came, she did the song, and then I left the stage, and I got off. And I think I came out, and I said to the guy, you can shut the fuck up now. And the guy was so, and I found out later that this was the guy who had done this before with Lydia Lunch and so on. And uh, he said, ah, hub, said something. And I stepped off the stage. Any of you who've known me long enough know if I step off the stage, it's like the the doomsday clock. You got about 11 seconds. And I say to the guy, is it your desire that I strike you? And the guy said, do what you got to do. And I, I do the, the grizzly bear thing. I kind of smile <laughs> and I look away. And when I came back, it was with a slashing right hook. And dude was airborne like Charlie Brown, shoes flying off the whole thing. And I was bloodlust coming at him. And at that, oh, he said, no violence, no violence. And blah, the news out. And then I realized, oh, my vocal cue. I switched the hand, put the mic back in the right hand, start singing, get back on stage. No, I think I had pants on, yeah, but but he, oh, he had a winter coat. All this stuff was knocked all over the place. But have I beat anybody over money? I'll tell you honestly, and I hope this is deep enough into the show that potential employers haven't listened this far, but uh, the worst thing I've ever done for money is to hang a guy outside of a window by his ankles. That was pretty bad. And it wasn't a first story window either. That was pretty bad. But the guy was an asshole and he deserved it. So, and, and, and that's the worst thing I've done for money. And I guarantee you, he remembered that. <laughs> but I also guarantee you that that wasn't a beating, technically. Technically, it wasn't a beating. Grab, me and the other guy grabbed him, grabbed one leg apiece, held him out the window. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so Einstein, Polevsky, Rosen. So uh, spooky, spooky action at a distance. So you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You no know else there. Well, the thing is, man. You know what I was thinking? Uh, I see. I'm digressing all over the place. As I looked down, and I got the guy, and the guy's like, uh, you know. And I looked down, and the, the lot below was so fucked up. And I think I even said to the guy, I "Go, do you want to die down there?" <laughs> and it was just something about it, you know. Like, to, to frame it that way, it's like you look out and you're like, man, it, you want them to find your body in a lot strewn with empty beer cans and pissed on newspapers. Is that how you want to go? <laughs> Is that how you want to go? No, no, I didn't really do that. I just, I, I just made that up, <laughs> you know, for the sake of the story. I wouldn't do, I, I mean, I imagine that's probably illegal. So I don't do illegal stuff. Anyway, so hey, precognitive thought, thought transmission. Russians took this, so, Soviets took this really seriously. They were actually trying to, this was not a joke, this is not bullshit. CIA, you know, was trying, they were trying to weaponize this stuff. If I could control your mind, so fine. But I think what underlies that stuff, what underlies the stuff is that it's really possible. Now, I've done experiments with a guy who's 6,000 miles away, and we successfully managed to do it. But, you know, fundamentally, it still, it still was more kludgy than just picking up the phone. And, you know, maybe we could have sharpened it. And and I, and I had an ex-girlfriend that I actually was able to communicate with. And I would say to her next day, did you have any dreams last night? She goes, yeah, why are you screaming at me? It wasn't screaming with my, with my mouth, it was my mind. So I start to think, okay, let's go back to the laws of thermodynamics, right? Energy can't be created, destroyed. And if you remember the old show, we talked about the, the soup of consciousness, all right? I mean, and the parallel was made to, you know, your present existence is like whatever you wore on Tuesday. Um, and I'm just I'm just kind of trying to refresh your memory, right? It's like, you did wear something on Tuesday, unless you stayed home in bed naked all day. You wore something on Tuesday. Most of us can't remember. I pretty much wear the same thing all the time. I, I, I can't remember what it was I wore on Tuesday. That's this flesh skin that we're wearing, you know? Um, and so I start to think, my moments of deja vu have been, have been potent enough. And they happened at the same time where I was still having nightmares. I don't have nightmares anymore because what I started to do is conscious dreaming. I started to control my reality in, in, in what was appear. I mean, nightmares are about powerlessness. So I started controlling controlling what was happening in my, in my nightmares. So they were no longer nightmares that I was invested in that world and making things happen. But what started to happen is that kind of hypnagogic wakefulness in my dream, it allowed me to have a recall and some of the dreams were so vivid that it was like it was like it, it was like a shadow life so vivid that i said i need to remember this i need to remember this because it's significant and so those and i've gotten more successful at actually framing it you know she was wearing this kind of shirt she was standing on this side and she was doing this and of course you get ahead of yourself and you get excited Um, you, you know you get ahead of yourself, you get excited and then you start to try to think of what happened next and you forget about the, so uh, like in, in recording industry, they call them stems you know, you have your basic stems so I would remember these stems and I remember being in Larry Flint's building in Los Angeles and standing there with this woman named Abby Britton, Abby Gaiman Britton. Britain noteworthy because her mother was in um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde uh, Stella, 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 I can't remember her mother's name now. And um, and she was my boss and we were standing there and at uh, Code Magazine, which was Larry, one of Larry Flint's non-porn titles. And I go, I just had, I had, it was vivid enough the first time I had it where I held that stem. I said, people that in your dreams that you don't know, strong possibility that these are people that you you haven't met before. But I don't think there's any any anything anything mysterious about. But I would hold on to these stems, and I and I said to her, I go, oh my god, I just had a moment of deja vu. I had a dream with you in it before I knew it was you years ago. And then she kind of paused. She yeah, Estelle Parsons was her mom, and she said she kind of paused and said, um, that means that you're in the right place. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I like I like that hippie mumbo jumbo. That's right. But then I start to think about ghost imagery, and uh, I, I I dug out all that porn that I had. I, yeah, the original Bonnie and Clyde. I dug out all that porn I had. I found a guy who's going to sell it for me. And uh, and one of the things I found in it were some old, old v- VHS tapes, old things that he put on there. And uh, Devil and Miss Jones, crazy you know, Gerard Damiano movies from like 77. You try to play it on whatever you have that's left of a video machine. And you have this thing, ghost image, or like when you have a palimpsest, you know those little things that you have as, as a kid, where you kind of draw on it, and then you pull a thing up, and then you could still see the image. And what was my my what was work? I don't know what they need? Uh, okay, um, so um, uh, stuff you, you have a ghost image of. So I say, okay, the soup of consciousness. You know, we, we my skin suit. Like I can't remember what I wore on Tuesday. And oh, here's an opening. Boom, born as Eugene Robinson. I remember my my past life, not to get Shirley MacLaine on, yeah, Etch-a-Sketch is a type of palimpsest, you know, um, but I'm thinking, thinking of one of the gas station ones where they, you just pick up the little plastic sheet. So I can remember because I've been able to hold on to stems, but I've also, stems are about future events as yet unknown, but I've also have regressive ones. And so I remember, I, I, I remember having vivid dreams of, Being being what I thought was being baptized, and said, so I said to my mother, was uh, you know, was that uh, 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 was I baptized? No, she's not baptized. Or, and then I remember, no, she goes, it's just you gotta understand, baptism in the Catholic ceremony would be just a bunch of water spritz on your head. So this is not. I go, no, I remember lots of water, and I was remembering my actual birth, but I was also remembering time, time before that. And so when they talk about reincarnation, they also talk about their reincarnation clusters. And so what's confusing, what's confusing is that is that I, that I think that I, I don't think uh, you know, I mean, if you go back to energy n- neither being created nor destroyed, you know I think that you, you have a, a limitation of consciousness, but I also think that you know, there's the mythic factor of deja vu <laughs> and there's a really commonplace one, right? And so the commonplace one is, you know, you know, I could get deja vu all the time if I wanted. So hold on, man. Oh my God, last month I, I remember I was wearing a black T-shirt and, and, a, and a navy blue cap, and I had this pipe in my mouth, and I was sitting there. No, man, that's because that's what I was doing. I was like, So you know, I can, I, I can, you know, mytho create this idea of deja vu as being somehow significant, but it starts to be significant when you meet people that you don't know. I'm now remembering that I I met Kasha in a dream before I knew her in reality. How do I know? Because she wasn't speaking English to me. I remember what she looked like. And I remember the shirt that she wore. And I go, that was a significant moment. I'm going to remember it. I should remember it because it's going to come handy in the future. But I think it's all the same moment. Is just bleed through through the tape because there's no there's the there, 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 there yeah, pre, yeah precognitive thought precognition there's no there's no there's no way like like that's why they have computers that can can people whose job it is to find other people if I disappear tomorrow if I abscond it's super easy to find me Super easy to find me, right? You wait. A, I mean, I'm not. You, in other words, uh, like throw Eugene free will determinism. Take every single possibility and put it in that shoebox that we've referenced before. Put it in that shoebox, and a computer in a reasonably short period of time could let you know exactly what's likeliest to happen. I could do anything when this show ends today, but the likelihood best based on past events is that I will do some things very specific again and again and again. And if you po- follow, there are liter- they're, they're all kinds of, you know, other people have had these ideas and these benchmarks saying essentially the same thing. Uh, Dante in his, in his divine comedy, specifically in the Inferno talks about, People being compelled to do things post post actual life, so in in death, that they did in life. There's, there's no break, except you 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 exist in the realm of shadows before you 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 know after the the the, the you know the, the fleshy the quick world the world of the quick the world of the shadows. You know, if you talk about Nirvana, not the band, but the state, you talk about you know. Or, or Shinto religions, you talk about the rising and advancing of the spirit. Fundamentally, we're just talking about moving through that videotape of of of, of sameness. We are having a groundhog day every day, all time, all of us, up with the consciousness, up to the soup, up and down. So when we when we micro it and say, "Oh, I remember the girl in the in the black and white checkered shirt that was tied around the waist." I remember, I remember, and she wasn't speaking a language that I knew. And 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 here she is. And if 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 fundamentally, I think if you are open to it and have managed to not stand in your own way by being maybe a stand-up guy, I don't know. What happens is you—it's like any kind of video game or simulation. If you want to go Matrix style, you actually end up getting through the right channels in the in, in, in the right way could feel it you could feel it. in other words in other words you can actually effectively get from game start to game completion successfully having made the moves having made all of the correct moves from the last iteration as well as having corrected the the the, the shit moves uh from from the last one so you either are more correct in the rise Shinto is in the rising and advancing of the spirit, or you start making dumbass mistakes because you're not a stand-up guy, and you end up kind of. So it's like okay, I had, I had, I had, uh, uh, I had, uh, yeah. So the once a once a once a once a quick become the dead. The soul is back to the, to, to this con- soup of consciousness. So. I mean, you know, whatever clothing I wore that I took to Goodwill that I used to wear five years ago that I don't wear anymore, whatever happened to my red and black plaid shirt? I don't know. I I don't care. All right, Mister Meat. Later. People fail at this task, and they fail because they stand in their own way. They stand in their own way. You can feel it. I've I've had like, for example, you know, in my dream. I got into a car, Shit they got into that car, got shot in the dream. Okay, I, I'm doing conscious dreaming now, so I, I don't get in that car. So I don't get shot. I happen to be on tour somewhere. Somebody says, well, the band's going back to the hotel, but I tell you what, I can take you to this other place first before you get back there. And I look at the car, and I recognize the car from the dream, and I go, nah, it's okay, I'll go with the band. Don't get shot. Rise to the next level. You do it again. How long until the sun burns out? So that piece of of rock that came flying by—that the Harvard scientist goes, "That's from an ancient civilization." Of course, he just went QAnon and came up with that. And I would, but why not? Ancient civilization. where, Where do you think we came from? Whoever generated us, it's a, what do you call it, perpetual mobile, you know, the machine that constantly regenerates itself. Whoever invented us, I think probably is long gone. All of the world religions have similar ideas, signposts, people like Dante putting things in the ground about the continuum between life and death, the quick and the shadows. All these things point to the same thing. What Bob Dylan so sagely said, death is not the end. Death is not the end. Yeah, yeah, people, people, I mean, m- mistakes, mistakes are real. Mistakes are real. You can feel it. You can feel The number one mistake I think I've made in my life. I've talked about this before, and it seems it seems incredibly shallow and, and and really Silicon Valley-esque. But the number one mistake I made in my life, how, how do we know that death is not the end? Uh, whatever I wore eight years ago, that's gone. That is, in effect, dead. That black and white plaid shirt, don't know where it is, don't know what happened to it. My army jacket, like Robert De Niro's from Taxi Driver. Gone, don't know where the hell that is, don't know what happened to it, gone. But I'm still here. And when this vessel is gone, this I mean, you know, the, the particulars of my life unnecessary to remember. Unnecessary to remember the type of shoes when I wore Sears, diehard, you know, steel toe shoes. I unnecessary to remember those details. Consciousness. You know, continue with significant. So uh, you know, so uh, the mistake I made sounds really Silicon Valley, really Silicon Valley bond. But the biggest mistake I made was 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 quitting Apple, and going to Adobe. And that, if that look, Adobe came and offered me a, four, a gave me a Don Corleone offer, forty eight percent salary increase. Forty eight percent. Some people didn't even make that in a year. That forty eight percent. My whole group at Apple had fallen apart. All the people I liked there had quit. Creepy guys were like in the other department were like, Yeah, 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 I got you now. You're working for me now. I was like, man, I, I'm not liking the feel of this. Steve Jobs wrote me a letter himself and said, Hey, could you stay? I didn't realize that was like God asking you to stay. I was like, Can you give me some more money? So they gave me like, offered me like 10 grand more. I was like, 10 grand? Hey, man, dude's offered me 48%. I'd be a fool. Not to, I went to Adobe, hated it the day I started. And a year and a half later, was laid off. Learned a valuable lesson. Learned a valuable lesson. However, however, all the good things that happened to me as a result of being at Adobe. If you want if you want to know what happened to me when I was at Adobe, listen to Oxbow's narcotic story. <laughs> That'll give you some insight <laughs> That'll give you some insight so so um so uh, you know um, fundamentally, uh, you're gonna be doing next month and I was trying to trying to explain this to Kasha the other day. Uh, she, we were talking about a friend of hers who seems kind of stalled in their life. And she goes, well, I think 2021 is going to be a good year for her. A- and, uh, and, and no, it was an email from Steve Jobs. And I, I, I do have it somewhere. Um, and, and, you know, she said 2021 is going to be good for her. And I was like, no, it's not. And she says, well, she's suffering from depression. I go, no, I, I, It's constitutional. She goes, well, it's not. you know, Depression's a real biological. I go, yeah, 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 I, I know I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about some people get, it's like a record that skips or a glitch in a program. And you get to that, like, and I know because I'm studying Spanish now, right? I'm Duolingo, I study Spanish. And if I'm tired, I find I will, you know, this is, you got it wrong, do it again. You got it wrong, do it again. Like eight times, I'm doing it again. I go, look, I just, I I got, I got to leave. I got to leave. I'm too tired to get this correct. Los, 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 los. I can't, you know, you know, uh, las mesas, la la mesa. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm out. Come back later when my head is clear. It's like that, the the, the tagline for that movie, that that movie that I wanted to direct called The Losers. They had one last chance, and they blew it again and again. And that's pretty much the name of that game. I try not to be that guy. And the Dianetics personality test is is a rig. It's a rig. Have you tried to take it? It's like 100 multiple-choice questions. You know that if you get anybody, have you tried to take it? Have you tried to take it? I've tried to take it before, I get to 27 and I'm I'm out. It's like, I can't answer 300 of these things. I cannot answer 300 of these things. Anybody who can, needs help. I had a professor, Ray Paluzian, who had his secretary fill it out at a completely random, randomized, completely randomized. And then he sent it back in. They called him in and he went in for a meeting, said, or do you get depressed? He goes, sometimes. You know, and he went through, he answered every question honestly, and at the end of the interview, they pull out this chart for him, and they go, see, and they and they show him this chart, you're trending down here, and he goes, there's no way with a perfectly random sampling of 300 multiple choice, five multiple choice questions, that you'd be able to have a chart that looked like that. It's statistically impossible. It's a rig, it's a fix. Yeah. Yeah, so he just said, he just he, he told the secretary, I want you to give me 300, 300 of, you know, and she just kind of went blindly. He didn't know. And then he had somebody else connect it to the actual thing and then send it in. Yeah, it's a rig. But again, you know, maybe it comes into your life at the right time to make the right choice. The key is to not be in that movie <laughs> losers. They had one last chance and they blew it again and again. And I say that shit is character bound, character bound. And ultimately at the end of this life that you're leading, you want to shake that character so that you don't end up making those mistakes again and again. Why do you think I've been at Ozzy for eight years? Trying to learn, this is my ninth year in September, it'll be my ninth year at Ozzy. I never thought I would ever stay at a job that long. The apple thing left an impression. Because in life, you have these juncture points where it's time to get off, time to stay on, time to hold it, time to fold it. To make the correct choice, was where Buddhism comes in handily. It doesn't have to do with you wrestling this to the ground. Let's go back to the meat puppets. I've been singing this song constantly. I haven't been able to get it out of my head for the past week. I don't have to think; I only have to do it. The results are always perfect, but that's old news. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that that's that's all I got on on uh, on uh, deja vu. And there's also presque, presque vu. Uh, I think the other one. So deja vu sense that you've been someplace before. And, you know, it's looking back. But then the other one, or I can't remember which which it is. But there are a couple of VOOs which bear being looked into. MMA. What? Huh? Well, tomorrow at noon, uh, care don't care happens. <laughs> yeah, care. Uh, there are fourteen fights on next week's card, and uh, I think I had five cares. So that tells you all you need to know. Headlined by Overeem versus Volkov, picked Overeem, but watch Care don't care. It's worth it because we talk about the past fights, even though that my take on the past fights you've already heard on the last show, Stomper. Uh, and there were there there were four other fights in the card that were sort of worth paying attention to, but that's still nine that are dogs. So uh, tomorrow at noon, Care don't care happens. Uh, a couple hours t- later tonight, the new the new newsletter, Look What You Made Me Do newsletter happens. The balls of Bill Clinton. The balls. I may have to do the coding after Cora goes to sleep, but it'll happen tonight. The piece is already written. Um, uh, what happens? Uh, Ozzy has largely shifted to doing newsletters, so unless you sign up to the newsletters, you won't see anything. I think I got a sex with Eugene column coming. Which I'll uh, which I'll, I'll I'll tweet out so at Eugene S Robinson on Twitter, Mr Sleep Three on Instagram. But I got to tell you, if I click on your thing and it says you have to, I have to, you have to okay me. I'm not gonna let you in first because you could be a spy. I'm sorry, I'm paranoid that way. I'm still a New Yorker. So Twitter, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, or, or you know, in the comments, you know how to get a hold of me. Thanks for listening. Now uh, 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 try to live until next Sunday. We'll talk about MMA because there'll be a fight, and I'm hoping that my my picks crush John Nash's on Tuesday. Uh, it's uh, if the if the shoes fit Tuesday night with me and Alexi, and this is John Nash's week. Kid Notte was last week, and we did Hip Hop Evolution. If you're digging on that, keep listening. Sign up for the newsletter, and try to get other people to sign up for the newsletter, too. And I'll explain why next week if you remind me. Jesus Christ. I'm surprised I didn't even talk about this. She would have been doing the money section, but we'll go into this later. Anyway, the Kid seems to be awake. This is V-150, and I am your host, Eugenius Robson. We'll see you next week. Look what you made me (laughs) do! I got two. Growing up.